receive a certain amount of comfort, and she was there. She's called Mama Rachel, or Mother Rachel, because of her giving to the Jewish people. There's no doubt, if anybody knows anything about what's going on in the world today and now, the, the world is certainly in a, in, a, in a very precarious situation. Anti-Semitism is certainly very much on the rise. In 10 years from now, there will be no Holocaust survivors. So then the Holocaust becomes like the Crusades. Something in the past is now being known about it's being known. You know, I met people who are Holocaust survivors. So Holocaust is a reality. But I can tell you right now that The guy who's trying to run for the governor, right? 
And it, sound, it seems like he would be a better choice than Hovla. Maybe. Who knows? I'm voting for him. I don't know. He's intermarried, right? His wife is Indian. We're in a bad state. You have to feel bad about this. Not, I don't mean, I'm not talking about him specifically. So the general, the general state of everything. It's like, Jeremiah said, I think there's, this is destroyed. Why is nobody screaming? Why are you not crying and living? You know, like, again, this is metaphoric because I, mean, I don't know how it works that God was talking to Jeremiah at the time. Jeremiah didn't live at that time. So I'm not exactly sure how this, he lived with them. But I'm not exactly sure how that works. But it's just, you know, in, in metaphor. So it says, Hashem says, you know, you, Jeremiah, you get up, you go and you call out to, uh, to, to Abraham, to Yitzchak, to Moshe, to Graham from their graves. You go, the, the base of Mithras is destroyed, the world is in chaos, my children are being killed, I'm not happy, go to the cemeteries, go to where Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov, and Moshe, where they're all buried. Shehem Yodim Livkos, you know what? Because they know how to cry in front of you. They know how to defend the Jewish people. So, Amal Rafanov, so Jeremiah, Jeremiah says, Jeremiah says, I don't know where Moshe is buried. Nobody knows where Moshe is buried. Hashem just said, go get Moshe out of the grave and tell him to start praying for the Jewish people. By the way, it's an interesting thing. That means that when my son went tonight to the Ohel, like you could say to yourself, what are you doing going to the Ohel and davening to a, to a person who clearly, <coughs> let me say clearly, clearly is not physically alive, right? So what is that about? What is that about? So the Medrash is saying right over here, go to the tzaddik, and specifically, we're talking about Moshe right now, go to Moshe and say, you know how to daven, you start davening, we need your help. Go to the Ohel, if something's on your mind, go to the Ohel and daven there. By the way, we all know, just for the record, there are two different ways to daven at uh, cemeteries. Everybody knows this, but not so much. Two different approaches, you guys all know. Approach number one is the approach I take, which is the Lucas approach, which disconnects you from the mace. It really does. And that's I daven in the merit of the Tzaddik or Tzaddik who's buried here. I don't daven to them. I don't talk to them. And then there's the Hasidic approach, which is, you know, my father's not alive, so I say, Dad, I need you to daven for me. To, to go in Shemayim and, you know. Now, the bottom line is, that side is a little bit more, certainly you're more connected with the reaction. But there's one proof that that's the more real way to do it. Anybody know? Anybody know this? You ever hear people say in Yiddish that the person should be a good better? The person should be a good lawyer. That's what we always say whenever you go to any funeral. We always say, he should be a Melitioshe, or she should be a, you know, that they should be a defensive person. That's a good, you're a good defensive person. Be a defensive person. Oh, yeah.
So Allah Kaddish Baruch you know what? You want to find Moshe Rabbeinu? Lech Amod Asvasa Yarden. Go to the um, the the the, uh, the river by the Jordan River. Vaharin Kolcha Okore and go and scream out Ben Amram Ben Amram. You know, son of Amram, Amod or Eitzonecha, go and look at your flock and see what's going on. So it says, immediately Yirmiyahu went to the Morasamah Pela and to the Avayitzak and Yaakov. And he said, Indu, get up. Because God wants you. That's what he does. So the all the Avadis and Yaakov, when they hear Jeremiah screaming, get up from the grave, because God needs you, they said, why? They said, why? Problem was, Yahu said, I don't know. You know why he said, I don't know? Why would you think that Jeremiah, Jeremiah knew damn well why. Why do you think Yahu would say, I don't know? And the reason was he was afraid that they would say that this happened in your generation. In other words, if you're the leader of the generation and the base on Mikdash was destroyed, what does that say about you? He was afraid of that. So therefore, he did not say the reason. And when he went to get Albert, when he went to get Moshe Rabbeinu, he did the same thing. He said, Amram, Amram, get up. It's time for you to go because God wants us to. Okay. So he says, Aleph. And Abba Vina calls on Aleph and says, 
Who accepts the Torah? Only the Jewish people. But what do you do? So I need to say. And then he said, base. What is the first letter of the Torah? The first letter of the Torah is base or gracious Berlakim. Who learns the Torah? Only the Jewish people. So that's what you're up to? You want to go and castigate all the people who are who are, who are who are following your way? So after Avram Avinu goes through the Aleph base, Gimel has to do with Titsis, and he goes through every letter in the alphabet and says, "This is this is who you're you're, you're not defending. You, the Aleph base, should be defending the Jewish people." Imagine this is like in Shemayim in World War II when the, when Rommel Machshemo was on his way to try. I mean, I'm not know much about it. He was known as the desert, the, the, the desert fox. And he was going to El Alamein in North in North Africa. The purpose was to eventually get to the southern part of Israel, go north, and he was supposed to meet with German forces that were coming down from Syria, and they were supposed to meet in Haifa and destroy all the Jews. If you go to the top of the Carmel in Haifa, there were roads that were made by the that the that the Israelis were going to go, the Jews in Israel were going to go from Haifa, and they were just going to go right into the Mediterranean and perform another Masada if the Nazis had gone and done this. This story talking about how the Alphas and the Torah is like saying the Jews are really not so good, and in Shemayim. We have Avon Avinu defending the Jewish people, and who knows, who knows, you know, all the tzaddikim from every generation saying, you know, the Jews have to be saved. I'm going to tell you one thing, and then we're going to go to the story of Rachel, because that's really the purpose of it. You know, Rabbi Hanan Wasserman, you've heard of Rabbi Hanan Wasserman? He was the chief, he was the primary student of the Chavetz Chaim, and he was the chief rabbi in, uh, in Warsaw. Mohammed Wasserman is the one who said, because he he testified, he saw the last exorcism. Jews in America had a special protection 
because there's a Medina Shal Chesed. And, and therefore, the actions of the country And therefore, the war would never come to America. That's what he felt. And then he died. So, in Shemayim, we don't know what was going on, but if you ever want it, you should read through the whole thing. And now I'll read you the part that I really want to get to. It's unbelievable. Yes, please. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's pretty bizarre. Call any other place where, you know, we definitely shot going to at that point after Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Moshe, they all expended their ability to try to get God to, you know, like to stop the destruction of Beis HaMikdash. How do you destroy it? The Beis HaMikdash was part You know, like you should stop already. And it's not working. At that point, the Yosheshah comes to Rachel, he made him. At that point, Rachel jumps in. In front of God, the Amr, she said. Ribona Shalom, Master of the you know, it's open and clear to you. She Yaakov Abdecha, the Yaakov, your servant, Ahavani, he loved me. Ahava Yisera, a lot of love. First of all, I love those words. I like hearing a little romance over here. I like hearing that she says, you know, God, she he really loves me. He loves me a lot. This is like when you it bothers me because it's not human. This is human. He she says, You know that my husband that the Yaakov really loves me a lot. The Abba Bishvili the Abba and he worked for me for my father, Sheva Shani, for seven years. He, he worked for me for seven years. By the way, I had some girlfriends. I wasn't going to work for their father for seven years. That's a hell of a long time for seven years. Okay, just the And when those seven years were up, the years Bali, and it was time to have that wedding, right? Notice what happened. Yoaz Avi, my father, had an idea. And she knew that her father was stuck. She knew that. So she said, you know, he worked seven years, and then my father had an idea. Lahachli Feni, Bali, that he's going to switch me. He's going to switch me. Bishwil Akosi for my sister. By the way, that is like amongst the most disgusting things that could ever happen. If you go out with a girl, you have a date with, with, with Michelle, and you show up at the house and you say, hi, is Michelle here? And, they, and another girl, um, I don't know, 
sorry comes down and she says, you know, hi, I'm sorry. And you say, Oh, my father said I should go out with you. Oh my God. Okay, now that's talking about a simple date. We're talking here working for seven years. So he comes up with this idea that he's going to switch his daughters around. But who shall if Bobby, incredibly, he no so because I knew about this. I knew the, the I knew what my father was going to do. That he's going to switch me with my sisters for Hodaki Labali, and I then went to my husband. Listen to this because this part of the story is a little bit different than the Gemara and Megillah. He she says I went to Yaakov. And I gave him a sign. I was the one who initiated the sign. I gave him a sign, that he would know if it was me or it was my sister who he was marrying. So that my father would not be able to play this game. And you gotta realize what kind of anger, I mean, what kind of relationship where you when you're going to your sister and you're telling your husband, your future husband, you know, under the chopa, I'm gonna say code green. And you'll know it's me, because it's code green. However, I gave my sister all the signs. I told her, code green, whatever. That I gave to my husband. So that he thinks that my sister is me. Not only that, this they certainly do not tell you in Yeshiva, but this is like tops the cake. Below all, not only that, I went underneath the bed. I stayed under the bed, the matrimonial bed. That he was laying with my sister. I was under that bed. And when, she, when Yaakov said to, to who he thought was Rachel, but was really Leah, and he said like, you know, tomorrow you want to have grapes? She answered under the bed, the Hishokeches, she was quiet, Leah was quiet, 
And I responded to everything. Now you're going to say, didn't you hear the sound from below and above? So my answer is that when you're tired or the first night of being married, you know, you're not thinking about where the sounds are coming from. You know? But the bottom line is, that's what she did. That's, that's beyond human. And why he do this? Why'd she do this? So that Yaakov would not recognize that this is not who he thought he was going to be with. And the embarrassment level would be so great. Now you're going to say, but what about the next day? And the next day, the embarrassment, I'm sure there was a little discussion in the morning over there, right? But it's still not the same. It's not the same. And I did this chesed with my sister. I wasn't jealous. And I didn't let her be disgraced. That's what she says. There's nothing there. I was embarrassed and I and I let it ride. I let it ride. Right? I, I wanted to live with this man. I'm not gonna live with him anymore because I gave him up to my sister. My father acted like the world's biggest bang possible by giving away my 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 husband <coughs> to my sister. My sister took allowed herself to live with him. My whole world is upside down. Who am I going to live with now? Esau? Who's she going to get? She's got nothing left. And I'm not free. And I, and I say, let it ride. And you're, you, Hashem, are freaking out about some Avodah that the Jews bow down to, which is terrible, but the Avodah is nothing. So therefore, I'm going to go to the 
could say that our tefillah is at the same level. We try. We try. That's not the same. Torah? I don't think anybody in their in their Mm-hmm. <laughs> 